morning, good morning. Good morning to you. Jeez, you pick it up on the first ring. You must really be like a great accountant. You must be like dedicated and perfect with your numbers and all sorts of good things like that. Well, how did you know that? Thank you so much for the compliment. My pleasure. <laughs> I, I can always tell sometimes, you know, if, if it rings for a long time, I, I, that's one kind of person. If they pick it up right. immediately, that's another. Like me, it's like it, it has to go to voicemail like four times for me to like like right. grab it. So When I call you, your phone rings about six times. That would, be, picks it up. that would be right. That's what you call a nice, confused individual. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Milstein, this is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the line, you're on the air. How are you? I'm doing fine today with this uh, coronavirus running around. I'm working at home doing, thank God I'm doing taxes. Never thought I would say that, but it's a nice way to keep busy. Yeah, there you go. My wife's hair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, 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 tax season is still April 15th? No, tax season has been extended to July 15th. That's what I heard. Mailing okay. in tax return, payment. And the extension, you cannot file an extension in April, but you can file one in July, but it's only going to be good for three months. Oh, all right. Well, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Dear IRS, come in, please leave your home and come and get me. Um, no, uh, no. What they're doing, they're going to send money to everybody because they just print up whatever they need now. <laughs> Is that how it works? Jeez, I, 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 I'm in the wrong business, apparently. Why do, why do you think we're a trillion dollars in debt? Yeah, there you they go. they just printed up $2 trillion to give out to everybody for, during this uh, virus epidemic. So it sounds like your, your, your day job, if you will, is, is, is still booming during all of this. You're not, uh, yes, you're not sitting I'm around. Yes, I'm one of the lucky ones that I can work at home and do, I do about, uh, let's say, five returns for the whole during the day. Mm-hmm. Instead of 10, I mail them out and I get paid when I'll get paid. And I've been lucky in that I have not lost clients. In fact, I've gained a few. Each year it goes up about 5 to 10%, which is nice. It's a nice way to grow your business. And it's say. all done on referrals. There is no advertising whatsoever. Wow. Good for you. I don't advertise is because you don't know who you're getting. That's a really good point. could come to you as a new client and say, I'm dealing in a cash business. You know, tell me how I can save it from the, you know, hide it from the government, and if you answer, you're basically guilty of uh, trying to subvert the IRS. I never knew that. So if you simply give advice, then then you're complicit. Yes, because you're telling them what to do. Well. You, can, you, can, you can couch it in a way that I would suggest, but I don't recommend it. Then you have really an out saying that you're telling them what he could do, but you're not condoning it. Gotcha, gotcha. It's funny. My my wife has that because she does herbalism. She uh, uh, and so if someone asks her advice on on an herb or something to take, she'll have to say the same thing. I'm not a doctor, so I'm just offering this opinion. Oh, okay. Exactly right. Right. It's a matter of words. Okay. If you use the right words, they cannot be held against you. Where if you tell somebody, okay, this is how you can cheat the government. Okay, and they go about doing it, and if they get caught, the first one they're going to say is. Well, my accountant said I should do this. There you go. There you go. You better, you better choose your friends and your clients. There you go. There you go. Have you found a difference in in uh, uh, in handling people's money now? Are are people more panicky? Uh, are there? Well, there's a whole different thing going are, on. People are panicking because 
um, do you pay the government or, you do, or do you put food on the table? There you go. And my answer is, you put food on the table, worry about the government afterwards. And with the change in the tax law, you could send in your return by April or even earlier, whatever you want, mm-hmm. if you do a refund. If you do a payment, you can wait till July and there is no interest or penalty. However, some people say, you know what, I want to pay it now and get it over with, and that's not a bad thing. The same thing applies to whether you want to pay utility bills or your mortgage or your rent or even your credit card bills. You're going to have to pay it anyway. So if you have the money and things are not terrible, pay it now. If things get bad, then you have to work accordingly. So we don't have to do a thing on April 15. April 15, we just have to try to survive. Absolutely not. But what I've been... I call them, I've been calling all clients where I haven't gotten stuff from yet, and I tell them, I says, why don't you do this? Send it to me, let me be the one, let me finish it up, and I'll send it to you, and you'll send it in when you think you can. That's all. Excellent. Because this way, if I wait till July to do it, I'm going to have a rush like I would normally have with extension on April 15th. Right. Get, getting them to get you the information puts the onus on you, not on them. So maybe it's advisable, as long as we're all sitting in our homes, that we should occupy right. ourselves a bit and at least get the finances in order. Right. I have a client in uh, Las Vegas, and I had spoke to him yesterday, and he said he's getting it together. He normally files in October, but he says, I'm home now. I may as well get it to you, and then you'll do it. And then right. this way, I'll decide when I want to send it in. That's all. It also sounds like it's probably a wise idea because considering our finances are so precarious these days, maybe to have the, the knowledge of, of what's there, of what you owe, what will be owed to you, etc., might actually provide a little peace. Right. And the other thing that's ever foremost in our minds is what happens if this lingers on? Yeah. Okay? Because right now they're looking at, well, hopefully by June, by May, June, it'll be over. Okay? Right. That's fine, let's say, on the East Coast. What happens when, when it starts moving westward? You know, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to get on the train and go to California, but people travel, and who knows if a person has the disease or not. You could be tested uh, negative at a testing center, and then on the way out, you could catch the virus. That's a and really I, frightening point, yes. It is. That's why if you self-quarantine, at least you're coming into contact with less and less people that could give it to you. And as long as you take care of yourself, whether it be with washing, with Purell, or soap and water, or limited contact when you go out with um, surgical gloves and a mask, you're cutting down the chances of being infected. And from what I've seen on a lot of the people that unfortunately passed away, a lot of them had respiratory ailments. So it seems that the virus is attacking people that have trouble breathing through their immune system, right. which is kind of compromised. Yeah. And like everything else, the government will cut people, will make money on other people's misfortunes, and the government is no exception. They're going to come out with new things that you're going to go through FDA and uh, act accordingly. Of course. And when they com- we when when uh, people in the government compare themselves to China, it's not a fair comparison because when they say we're shutting down the country, they mean they're shutting down the country. Yeah, you do not go out and have a party. People here still think it's nothing. 
it's it's funny you say that there was a there was a party thrown to welcome the ship with uh, with yep. health aid yep. uh, into the harbor, and I thought, why don't you just stick your finger in the in the light switch in the light socket right there? It's like let's go and congregate to get medicine. Well, forget it. Whatever you, you understand what I'm saying. I live in uh, Mercer County, New Jersey, and uh, there's a, a little town nearby called Ewing, and they had a party the other night with about 50 people in an apartment house. The police found out about it, I thank God, and they went and they arrested the people because they were basically, they, if one person has it, they could transfer it to everybody. Of course. And then they, you know, just think about it exponentially. There was a movie with Dustin Hoffman called Outbreak. Yep. Oh, yeah. All about the Ebola virus. And the thing I remember most is when they were in Washington talking about it, they showed a map and they said, when this thing spreads, it'll take three weeks before it encompasses the United States. And that map is all red. And that's the way the map is now when they show it on TV. Every, every state in our, in our, is, has some sort of a virus in it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to die from the virus, because the virus is just an, an extremely large cold that will hit your immune system if it's compromised. Right. But if you take care of yourself, it's not going to happen. So well, it's not like a harbinger of doom with a, a sort of Damocles over your head that if you catch it, you know, it's the end of the world for you. No, you can catch it, but you can treat it. Well, I, the worst thing that I think of is... Uh, and it's unfortunate. If you have to go into a hospital, you're there with everybody who's got the disease. How of can you course. get well? Of course. See, see, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones in the uh, in that I'm I'm in that demographic that if I get it, I'm dead. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so <laughs> nice to know, right? Yeah. So I'm 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 not I'm not leaving this this room I'm in right now. Right. Um, People have learned. See, I, I've been working at home. Uh, as an accountant for myself <coughs> since about 1980. So I know how to work a day. It's very easy. You plan your day. You don't get up at 10 o'clock in the morning. You can get up at 6, make yourself coffee, and start working. You want to take a nap at 2 o'clock, knock yourself out. But you learn to structure your day. You, know, you also take care of your family. You do your errands. You watch the kids. You visit your parents. Whatever it takes, you do. And when you get home and you got an hour to kill, do some work. It's not the end of the world to work at home. And in this day and age, even before the virus came, I could deal with clients in California. I deal with clients in Mexico, Florida, and Europe because you have Skype. And now there has, uh, there's something new out called Zoom.com where you can do a conference call and have six people on your screen at the same time. Zoom has exploded. Zoom has absolutely exploded because people are now, and I think it's brilliant, people are now, they're now rehearsing and actually performing online. There are Zoom plays and concerts going on, which I think is really brilliant. Uh, unfortunately, I think the people at Zoom are, are, are in the tragedy of success right now because to, to, to accommodate everyone. Right, and uh, I got an, an audition notice and they said, do yourself... Um, a self-audition, and send it to us, which I did. So we'll see what happens. And I had another one that wanted to do it on Zoom, but they never sent me a script, so I couldn't really do anything with it. But you know what? If it comes up, it comes up. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. 
and you've just given me the perfect segue into <clears throat> into why I'm talking to to an accountant on on an art site. Uh, really, I, I thought you had nothing else to do, so you figured you'd call somebody in a phone book. Well, I'm working at home, so there you go. And I learned that you can watch the kids, you can you can do your errands. Um, you are by by day you're you're Jeffrey Milstein, the accountant. By night you're the cigar chomping uh, uh, manager, if you will. For, for several arts organizations. Aside from being right. an actor, a director, and a producer, well, there you go, that, that takes up that and, hour and, to kill. And the, and the writer. Oh, I forgot that part of it. You also now manage a, a bevy of, of, of clients. I was thinking of this because there was, uh, there was something, uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell's agent, from what I understand, eventually just closed his doors. He just he wasn't able to, to stay open. And I... And then, you came to mind because I thought, okay, so so you have these two jobs, and yes, I figured your your day job is doing well. How's everything with your clients? Well, everything is. I'm working with one girl. We're doing a. Uh, we're going to do it on YouTube or uh, some other system. Uh, going to do about eight episodes of the show, and she's going to. Her name is Justice, and yep. she's basically the soldier of God. That's. She's got a gift that where if she touches you, she could see exactly what's happening. It's very similar to the movie with um, Tom Cruise called Minority Report. Oh, right. There was a, a, a ball and it said, who is going to commit a crime even though they didn't do it yet? Well, by justice touching a person, she's able to discern if they are going to commit a crime. And, of course, she tries to talk them out. It's a little bit on the religious end, but it works out well. Well, uh, that's her gimmick because that's that's something yep. I've seen in uh, in The Dead Zone, in... Uh, yep. The Sixth Sense, in a lot of different movies, I've seen uh, things like that. But her big thing is that this is this is faith-based. Yes, yes. And uh, there are <coughs> organizations that are interested in it. And we've got a production company set up between her and myself. We're 50-50 partners because I was in a, a film with her and uh, it seemed to take off. So we're working on that. And then I have uh, another so she client. So she's doing fine. Yeah. So she's doing okay. She's she's moving along at a at a, at a yeah, decent she, pace. I, I I I pushed her. We finally got the name that we want to use. With her. <clears throat> I'm going to register the name because I'm familiar with it. Right. And we're setting up our own company. She already contacted with somebody that's going to film the first eight episodes. Excellent. Okay. And she's writing she's writing the episodes. She also writes lyrics, so she's going to do songs and she does hip hop stuff. And in her younger years, she was a actual performer. So she knows what the business is like and what people are looking for. And if you watch what goes on on TV now, a lot of it is geared towards females rather than males. Right, right. And I'm also uh, involved with, well, I'm involved in six, six other things. Just quickly now, they are. Uh, I wrote a sitcom, which I, I wrote two episodes so far, and I want to pitch it to a network or to cable and take it further than that. I, written four or five novels, which I'm looking to go through Amazon. One of my clients, who I'm a partner with, has developed what we call a timeline encyclopedia, which is two books. And basically, today is March 31st, and he has a book out for the month of March, that, and one day is segregated as March 31. He tells you everything that happened March 31 going back three to 400 years. It's a very good teaching tool. And we're trying, and we're selling it right now on Amazon. His name is Tony Anthony, and it's uh, called a right. timeline encyclopedia. 
And so I'm working on that. And I'm part owner with another another person. And we're doing a show at American Theater of Actors. And it's going to be called Meadows. It's all about the foster care system. And I'm going to be It's now called Meadows? Sid. Yeah, it's now going to be called Meadows. Oh, okay. It used to be called uh, Lost in the Field. And but we're just not sure of the title yet. So I remember Shadow Kids. Is this the one that uh, was called Shadow Kids? Shadow Kids. Yep, that's Keith Brown doing Shadow Kids. I kind of like that title, uh, but okay. And so do I. Yeah, thank you. But you know, it's up to change because we're going to do a actors, and then from there we're going to take it to the next level, and uh, it's going to be about only four or five people, and I'm going to be playing the role of the. Had the guidance counselor, his name is Sid, nice old Jewish man. Well, there you go, that's typecasting. And then I have, here like this one, I have another uh, client that I'm working with, we're going to be partners also, and she's doing, uh, going to be doing burlesque for male and female. But because of everything that happened, everything is being put on hold. Oh, sure. Because you cannot have a gathering, whether it be New York, New Jersey, Philly, whatever, and that's where her... Her, um, her audience is going to be between the gay and lesbian community and because uh, they're going to be the actors on stage themselves. Right. So you cannot have a group, so everything is going to be put on hold. So so it seems to me your first two are doing fine. You have a, a right. you know, selling a book, I think we can do that very well online. Uh, right. And, and Justice, now is she, is she in pre-production now for the series? Well, she's working on the script. We've got, I think, one or two episodes done. And uh, we have, like I said, we have the production crew. She's going to be the part starring and part directing it. Right. And uh, we're going to go from there. And once, and from what I understand, if you, <coughs> when you get enough people looking at it, in the second season, they will pay, pay you to produce it. You, you might even go further than that. There's a, a series which I really enjoy called High Maintenance on right. HBO. And they started as a YouTube series. And and exactly. now now they're like a leader on on HBO, so uh, right. So you can go you can go very far that way. And I've written a play uh, called uh, Fort, it was Fort Dix the Musical, which I we did in remember it well. Of actors, yes, thank you. And uh, I've also written a sitcom called Club Fed, and I'm trying to get in touch with Bill Murray to have him look at the script because if he likes it and wants to work with it, I'm I'm more than willing to just. Be the writer, not have anything else to do with it. Because <laughs> yeah, just the writer. Just I like that. Um, yeah. Bill Murray would be brilliant for it. For that, Bill Murray yeah. would be absolutely brilliant. Um, so if any of you yeah. people know a good way to get in touch with them, I could send them a script, you know, or let them look at it and let them or even go and talk to them. I know sometimes he works at a bar in Brooklyn. Hmm. You know, he just gives them his free time just to, just to be there and help out. But I know with everything, everybody is staying inside. Because when course. I watch the news in the morning, the people that I watch are all in separate locations. Of course. Because the newsroom is, is affected. Of course. So Keith Brown, uh, he he's also probably, he's on hold now with everything, considering the ATA is, is, is shuttered at the moment. Well, he's on hold, but I have the new script. I'm going through it because I help him with his editing. And then uh, we're going to present it to James on Thursday. James said, James Jennings from American Theater of Actors says he would like to see it this week. So he's home, so... So you just can email him the script? Well, no, he doesn't have email. That's the bad thing. Uh So he wants it. uh, Either we're going to send it to his home or we'll send it to the theater. The problem with the theater, it's right next to a police station. 
and you know it's, it's they do a lot of family court there, and you just don't know who's going in that has the virus. No, no, no. They, they uh, everything is shut down. I, I heard a whole thing with, where they asked asked uh, Mr. Jennings to to close up and everything immediately for such a reason. Yeah, well, that's so. good. So, you know, for, because he's, he's not a youngster, and nope. it's, it's it's for his safety not to be in, uh, um, around people that might have the virus because. You can catch it going, walking in the street in Manhattan because people do not observe the ruling of distancing. Right, right. Well, we all think we're we're invincible. We're all we're all New Yorkers, exactly. so we think younger, we're Iron Man. Right, exactly. When we're younger, we are invincible. Because when I was a kid, I used to go out at like 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, come back 6 o'clock at night, and be playing stickball all day long or yeah. softball. Yeah. Didn't bother me because that was it. That was what we did. Now... It'll never leave the house. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like uh, happily your your clients are doing okay, and you have more than even I realized. That's excellent, and yeah, and I, it's I okay. Have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know pokers in the iron. Mm-hmm. And keep busy, and I love doing theater. I love doing film, and it actually keeps you younger and it keeps you fresh. Yes, it does. Because all of a sudden, you get an idea that'll work for something else. Or while I'm with, I'm doing theater film, I talk to people about accounting, and if they want me as their accountant, you had it. So, and you know, it's the way you work. You promote yourself because if you don't take me as your accountant, I didn't lose. You did because yeah. I know how good I could be. Oh well, well, there's a slogan right there. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you've also tapped into the perfect industry because a lot of artists, especially on the the independent level, don't understand how how they can actually benefit. Uh, right. They they don't understand what they can declare as a loss. They don't understand uh, uh, what what is considered collateral on so many levels. So uh, my my eyes were opened years ago. Uh, I had I had a, a really brilliant accountant who who just a matter of factly said, "Well, well, okay. That, what, what else do you do?" And I said, "Well, I do plays." And then all of a sudden, he just opened my eyes to a million things in terms of 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 how to save money. Uh, when you produce a show, so so you right. you hit the right audience there. Well, when I'm with uh, doing a show and I'm talking to people, and I say, "Look, I know I do what you do. I know what you can deduct because you go on auditions, you do headshots, you do phone calls and stuff like that. Whether you get the job or not is immaterial. If you spend time and effort, you you can't deduct for your time, but you can deduct the cost of traveling yep. back and forth. You know, if you're in Manhattan." You got your metro card. If you're on the road, you got the car. So you can, and it's all deductible as long as you. There's an expression: you could be a pig, but don't be a hog. <laughs> and I'm sure it sounds even good, even even well in Yiddish. For some reason, I have a feeling it's, it's Yiddish. It's, it's really good. We, in fact, we were watching a show yesterday called Hunter, uh, the Hunters, and it, it's on um, Amazon Prime, which was uh, it's with. Um, Oh, the guy from The Godfather. Uh, Pacino. Oh, okay. okay? The guy from The Godfather. That's only about half of the most brilliant actors we have. Yeah. uh, Did he really ask Pacino to play a Jewish man in that? He plays an old Jewish man, and their job is to find, hunt, and kill Nazis that are still living from the war. Wow. And and it's like the movie about when uh, they did it when they caught Adolf Eichmann in Argentina. Okay, they're still around, okay, and they're going to make a predominance because they're still alive in the South. That's interesting. I didn't know that. 
Okay, that's that's one that that's one for my ever growing uh, uh, watch list. Uh, your book of knowledge. Now, now uh, bravo to you. You you've 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 wisely picked individuals whose work. The worst case scenario is okay. So now they're indoors, so they can they can at least do rewrites and and pre production right. and all of that. Exactly. Um, what do you see? One of, one of the mantras that I go by when you're thinking about whether you should go on an audition or do this or do that, the answer is no, unless you ask the question. What's the worst that can happen? You get a no. Okay, fine. But at least you tried. Exactly. Exactly. So now I'm asking a big question. Uh, my, my nightmare, you, uh, I've heard Bernie Sanders say this, and, and, and you and I are of, a, are of a certain age, so we remember uh, many events in history that we've all survived right. through. Um, uh, my, my thing is the aftermath. Uh, financially, what do you think this world is going to look like? What do you think New York is going to look like? Well, what I advise clients, because I'm not an investment advisor, but I can tell you what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. With the market going down, now is the time to buy. You should not do what they call a knee-jerk reaction because it goes down, you sell, and you think, you, you, you think you're stopping the bleeding. What you're doing, you make, you're compounding it because everybody is listening and people may respond by going out of the market. Because when you hear about something that might be good, go in. You don't have you don't you could be in for the long tour long long tour or you can look for a short term profit. If you go in, you invest, you make money, you get out. You're going to lose on some items because it's only natural. Sure. Because when the market was too high to begin with, so it had a correction. Okay, it'll be back. And I think you know with the government bailing out a lot of places and it's going to the the change in the economy you're going to see very quickly. Okay, when this thing stops, if people cannot get back into business, if they can get into business, you know, the economy will start flourishing again. Uh, I've got clients in a lot of fields, and one especially got six restaurants in Brooklyn, and they're sucking wind, but they're able to do business on takeout and pickup, right. which they never, basically, which they weren't doing before, but now they can. So. Some of it is good. I would say the majority, unfortunately, is bad. And the ones that are going to suffer most is the hotel business and the tourism. Oh, sure. We make billions of dollars off of tourism and, and sporting events. Everything stopped. But like everything else, it's going to start again. This is not the worst thing in the world. All it is is a setback. Not a minor setback. It's just a setback. And, you know, there's an expression, this too shall pass. And it does, because you have to think positive, because if you want to think negative, then just stay in your house and never leave it. Hmm. So, so, so you're, I, I listen to, to so many artists and they, they're, they're all saying, oh my God, I don't know what the theater is going to look like when this exactly. ends. Do you, do you think it's, how does, how's the theater coming back? Now you say businesses are bouncing back or, or not, but, but it's going to restart again somewhat Okay. How about the theater? The theater is going to come back, but they're going to have to lower their prices to make more people want to come out there you come. and see a show. To spend $300 or let's take Hamilton, okay? To spend $1,000 a ticket to sit in the boonies, not my cup of tea. Right. I, you know, I, I enjoy The first show that I saw for um, $100 a seat was the producers. Right. Lincoln Lane. 
Right. That was beautiful, okay? Uh, I was lucky enough to see the original movie with Zero Marcel, and at the time, you're going to laugh because you might remember this or might not, orchestra seats were like $33. Yeah. Okay, there was a time, okay? But that's, you know, that's that's past and gone, so I don't think about it. <laughs> but to go to see a show and to spend $500 for two tickets, parking, dinner, you're talking $1,000 a night, nobody's got that to throw away. So what Broadway should do is to make it more advantageous to people, come and see the show. We saw um, The Killer Mockingbird, and I was in that twice in, in local theater, and it was a really, really good show. They performed it in Madison Square Garden, free for children. Hmm. If one person had to buy a ticket, and the kid goes in free. And that got such a great audience. When we saw the show with uh, Ed, Ed Harris, it was great. So, you know, it was put on, you know, we sat, we sat uh, front row in, in middle mezzanine. We had a beautiful view of the stage. And people think orchestra is the best seat. They're really not because you're looking up half the time. The best seat is really front mezzanine. You can see the whole stage from all sides. You got the panorama. Yep. So you advise that uh, if Broadway is smart, then it's time to, to open its doors with every kind of discount, with every kind of lower price. Right. Just get them and, in and the you, door. And you'll see business come back. You, you want to get back to your, you know, the normal high prices. Stop paying. You know, you, you got to stop paying people millions of dollars to be in a show. You have to understand that this is, has to change. And the same thing, look at a cable company. When are they going to drop their rates because everybody has to stay home? Or make more movies accessible for either a lesser price or free. Oh, that's you what they're doing. You get more people watching yeah. cable afterwards that are seeing it now because they said, oh, this is what I was missing. Let me see if I can get that. You absolutely Nobody right. wants to spend $17 to go to a theater. That's number one. Or $17 to rent a movie for a week. It really isn't worth it. How many times are you going to watch the same thing? So, so, uh, and, and yes, cable companies, they're actually quite wise. Um, if I, I get so many things saying streaming free, free for a month, free for six days, right. free, free, free. So, so they're, they're on it. So you think in terms of the entire industry, not only do the producers need to lower their prices, theater owners need to give, uh, some sort of break to the theaters because they're obviously paying rent right now for no reason. Uh, and, exactly. and even the talent for a little while has to, has to say, okay, don't pay me that fee, pay it less, give me just scale, whatever, let's keep the shows going. Right, and the other thing that's wrong, you know, and I'm not saying he's wrong in what he did, because it was for money, you're paying a man $30 million a year to throw a football, mm -hmm. give me a break. So, okay? every entertainment well, industry... They'll make it up because they'll put asses, excuse the language, they'll put asses in the seats in the stadium. Of course. Okay, and people will pay to see him play. Okay, but you're spending thirty million. Think of his his agent. Let's say his agent gets ten percent. Hello, three million dollars for one client for one year. That's not too bad. More than that. That's not no, too bad at all. I would do that in a heartbeat. But even in all of these situations, they also have to take into the fact how squeamish are people going to be to sit in a theater or sit in a right. stadium these days where you're where you're shoulder to shoulder with someone. Uh, exactly right. So, so you have all these variables. So, if all these entertainment industries, whether it's sporting or theater or whatever, if they just say, "Okay, let's really lower the prices to make people forget that," even though at mm -hmm. that point there's no 
there's no virus that they can afford to sit. Ne- they literally can afford to sit next to somebody. Exactly. There's not going to be a downside because in time, people will forget all about what happened and will go back to their normal way of doing things. You think that's what's going to be? You think people, uh, right, right now we're all, we're all praying, but, but you think right. in, in a year, 10 years, whenever, whenever this becomes distant memory. I would say probably in about two or three years, things with people will get back to normal because people, and I'm not using New York as a guide, but people are used to being with people, not sitting in your home for hours on end. Right. Right, we're okay. going to need that. And what it means is going out, you just take precaution. Right now it's, you know, keep your distance, which everybody is doing. Thank of course. But after that, you're going you're to slowly see people going back to restaurants. You know, maybe the tables might be not one on top of another. Maybe there will be a little space in out between them. But at least they'll be serving and at least there'll be people in the place. Right. And, and you'll see people cleaning. You know, when the table is, is finished, you'll see them cleaning the table properly. Our, our new knee-jerk will be to be clean as opposed to just dropping things around. Who knows, that'll maybe maybe this will actually even help the environment. <laughs> in, in a way, sometimes tragedy does help things get better. In, in most and cases. if you look at every generation, as my wife had said to me earlier, each generation gets has a problem. Uh, the, 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 great genera- the great generation had World War II that they dealt with. Okay, we were too young for Korea, but they were the generation before us was not. Yep. So they went. Okay, then we had Vietnam, and now we have Afghanistan. Okay, nothing on the U.S. soil. This is the first thing, other than the Civil War, on U.S. soil. You know, it's interesting you say that. My father-in-law used to used to berate uh, certain generations, saying that they they were weak because they didn't have a war. I guess I guess we finally got our war, but we just can't well, see the enemy. The thing with the war, it's a very, very big money maker for certain industries. Yeah, well. I worked when I was in uh, in private accounting. I worked for a firm, and, we, and they had factories in the south. This goes back to the early seventies. And in case of a war, the factory was converted from making shirts to making uniforms. Yeah, well, that's we're, we're starting to see that now. Yeah, but you know, uh, and, and we, we, the, uh, and the, the politicians, if you want to get factories to make something, don't ask them. You tell them you're making it, and that's it. That's what that's what should be done. And on that note, hopefully people are listening, and they're going to, to hear that, because that was a bone of contention in the news these days as well. Right, right. You, you know, oh, I'm waiting to hear because they said they might do it, okay? Might is not a word when you have this kind of a catastrophe. Get the, You know, they finally, get, you know, I think uh, with uh, Governor Cuomo coming on television, he has got my, even though I'm not a New Yorker, I like him for politics. I think everyone's going to vote for him for president. (laughs) Right? He tells you what's good and what's bad. He doesn't pull a punch. No. Okay? And he does, and if you, you don't have to agree with him. You just have to, and if you don't want to listen, that's your call. But he tells you, I think because of what he did, we were able to get all those uh, those places like the Javits Center and and the uh, the hospital ship to be on our shores. Well, well and like he said, the worst is yet to come. Well, you know, Cuomo, the worst it could get, I'm scared of that. Well, Cuomo Cuomo comes from Hearty Stock, who understands New York, as as do you. 
Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, My pleasure. You, you, uh, your name again? Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, you, you, you have your finger on this. You always have, and you have it from an angle that most people don't. You understand. Uh, you understand uh, uh, what goes on the balance sheet, and that's that gives you a very particular eye. So I'm glad I had a chance to chat with you today. Right, and people have to remember: a loaf of bread costs the same yesterday as it does today. Just because the market is going down, or you see fluctuations, your economy is still there. Some items like, you know, paper towels and toilet paper, yeah, that's, you know, you, you can buy that later, but you can't buy the quantity that you used to. Right. And that's it. Right. So, I'd, I'd, I'd make a joke about toilet paper, but I'm not. It's a family show. Uh, well, if you want toilet paper, I, as, as my wife just said, her mother used to tell her, from bad comes good. But if you want toilet paper, we bought a whole stock without even realizing it. I have no problem... Ten dollars a roll for oh, you know what you're a nice person. Make it nine fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thank you, thank you, Doctor Price Gouger. Um, there you go, Jeff. Thanks <laughs> so much. Uh, stay well. Regards to your wife. Uh, uh, keep keep those clients flourishing. Uh, I'm actually going to get on the phone with one of them right now. Uh, oh, good. Uh, and and thanks for everything. And and I certainly look forward to chatting with you again. Anytime. You take care. Thanks, Jeff.